stump me if you've heard this one before, Will, but a, uh, a five-star basketball prospect from the metro area has committed to Mississippi State. New name, though. New name. Different guy. Different guy. Well, actually, same name. Same last name as, as somebody else. Not a five-star kid, but uh, you know, very familiar last name right. in the Mississippi State program. Hopefully, this one will work out better. And the, than the previous five star, yes, and, yeah. I, and I really think it, I really think it will. I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about it, actually, as because like just people who I've spoke to, um, just basketball people around the state that I've spoke to, they, they're saying that he could have one of the biggest impacts at that school in a very long time. Yeah, it, we should actually say their names um, real quick, just in case you didn't know. Nick Weatherspoon committed to Mississippi State Sunday morning. Uh, Huge get for the Bulldogs, five-star kid from Velma Jackson. Um, of course, he's the second five-star guy to come into Mississippi State from Mississippi in recent years, joining Malik Newman. The thing about Nick Witherspoon that really interested me is he's going to join what will still be a young roster. Like Mississippi State is going to be incredibly young this year. Quindary Witherspoon is going to be their leader, Nick's older brother, and he's a sophomore. Um so Nick is going to be joining a group of juniors and sophomores. So it will be interesting to see how that works because they're going to have different options of point guard. He'll obviously be brand new. Can he supplant Tyson Carter or uh, Lamar Peters or somebody like that at the point? But I think he has a really good chance to because, you know, you watch this kid's film and he's just an explosive, attacking, aggressive guard that plays how that position is moving forward. Everybody who I speak to always brings up Russell Westbrook when talking about Nick Weatherspoon. And I can see it. I hate to kind of compare a high school player to a professional player. Even like say like, well, Russell Westbrook in high school looked like this. Or, no. I hate even to go down that path. You know, like I just, I just don't like doing that. But at the same time, I bring it up because of the Ben Howland effect as well. Right. And if enough people tell you you're going to be like Russell Westbrook, it looks pretty cool to be coached by the same guy who coached Russell Westbrook. And I think that had a significant sort of under-the-radar sort of impact on his recruitment as well. Yeah, I mean, which is the same comparison that Ben Howland used with Malik. Like, that is Ben Howland's calling card. If you're a big man, Kevin Love... If you're a guard, Russell Westbrook. That's what he does. Uh, I don't blame him. I don't see the Russell Westbrook comparison. Russell's like 6'4". Nick Weatherspoon's like 6'2". Um, Russell Westbrook's a physical freak. Um, I don't think Nick Weatherspoon is on that level. I don't, you know, like few humans are. <laughs> that's not... It's, uh, that's. I, I'm trying to think who I would compare Nick to. I don't know. You know, I think the comparisons stem from just his ability to create havoc. And, yeah, you know, I could see that. I could see him because of his ability to attack so well, his like relentless sort of pursuit, ability to give up the body sort of thing. I could see That's that. More of a Kyle, I would say maybe more of a Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that same style, get to the rim, um, doesn't shy away from physicality, doesn't, right, all of those things, but. N- yeah, not the superhumanness of it. And also, you know, Russell Westbrook's a little bit bigger than Nick is. I think that's the one big that's thing. That's the biggest thing is yeah. the muscular muscular build plus the two or three inches that he right. has on the guy. Right. I would say that. Yeah, I would go closer to the Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. comparison. because it, the, And also the thing is, too, is that 
you know, and you wrote a story that's on clarionledger.com right now about the different aspects of Nick and, and kind of the one thing that is missing in that story is kind of the outside shooting, which you don't really see a whole lot of in his highlights. It's a lot of getting to the rim. It's a lot of passing. There's not a whole lot of him taking the shot from the outside. Yeah, and I asked uh, Velma Jackson coach Anthony Carlisle about that. Just where does he kind of feel comfortable? What's his right? You know, what's his level of comfort shooting from the outside? It's more of that mid-range game yeah. where if he has somebody on his heels, he wants to have that confidence where he could pull up, have that space in front of him for an easy shot, and that should be his next sort of um, element to his game and his evolution that hopefully he could bring to the college level from his perspective. Right, yeah, and then and that's not uncommon for a point guard, for a lead guard like him, because it's not like you're playing with a ton of other top prospects, and so it's harder to create your own shot from the outside. Absolutely, and that's and, the other big so, thing about Nick yeah. is his ability to pass the ball and <clears throat> be a willing passer Right on a team last year that was pretty much all him. Um, you know, Gon was his brother. A couple of other players that were good for that team in their championship run. Does Nick Weatherspoon come into Mississippi State if Q isn't already there? I don't think so. I think that that had. I mean, that was one of the first questions I asked him: is what was your brother's response? And his brother didn't have a response because his brother didn't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I haven't circled back to ask, but like, it, it, that will be a uh, you know a story down the road about just the overall family reaction to that and how that went down. But uh, obviously, I did ask him what everybody asked him is how big of an impact did that right. have on the recruiting? And he stressed the word a lot, very much so, <laughs> and that was kind of it. <laughs> Um, and there really wasn't much else to be said about that. He likes the idea, of course, of getting that another next opportunity to play alongside his brother. And who wouldn't after you win three straight titles at the high school level to play at the college level? It has always been like his sort of dream. I mean, these are what these two guys have dreamed about for a very long time is to play at that next level together. Because obviously you're going to play at the high school level together if you're only a couple of years apart. Um, but the big-time dream was whether or not they could play together at the college level. And right. I always thought that that would be sort of what puts Mississippi State over. And it was just a matter of how hard the other schools are going to go after him. And apparently Mississippi State did the best job of making sure that they were the school that was on him every single day and nobody else was. So they kind of did their part in making sure that this was going to be theirs and nobody was going to take him away. I mean, it was Mississippi State's prospect to lose. Right. But I always thought that there was a significant shot at them losing him just because of the programs that were offering the guy and that were on him. Yes, that that is the thing, is that it totally makes sense. Nick Weatherspoon, the younger brother of the best player on Mississippi State's current basketball team, commits to the in-state school that has his brother. Like That totally makes sense. The part that you go, well, wait, there's something more to this, is you're also talking about him committing to a school that hasn't made an NCAA tournament since 2009 when all the other schools that were offering him were North Carolina, that steep, steep history, played in a title game. Uh, Duke, Ohio State, I mean... Louisville. Louisville. I mean, the dude had so many different options. Blue blood college basketball programs. 
Mississippi State continues to be able to recruit at this level, though, even though the the results have not been there entirely yet. You know, you look at, you know, they just brought in a top 10 recruiting class. They're all going to be freshmen this year. I think they're going to be really competitive. I think they're going to be really fun to watch. They're going to be so much more fun to watch than last year's team was. But really hard for a lot of freshmen to make an NCAA tournament. There's a good chance that Nick Weatherspoon is that piece that finally gets them back into the dance. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought that was the most critical aspect of it. And just going back, it's like Ben must have done a really good job checking in on this guy and just just realizing that it was their guy to lose because I just don't think the other head coaches were checking in on him as much. I don't know if he was right. as much of a priority. Actually, I, I, I'd be confident in saying he wasn't as much of a priority, and that's no knock on him. It's just, for whatever reason, they, they have other guys that they're looking at. I mean, there's, even in the rankings in the ESPN, Scout, and Rivals, there's two or three, you know, all those uh, boards that are higher than Nick at point guard. Right. So those are the other options that the other schools are looking at as well. So that was kind of like the pieces felt, you know, fitting together and just making this happen in a way that makes a lot of sense. Is George Brooks, how how involved is George Brooks with him? You know, it's funny. Um, I get a when I first got here in April, I get a message from actually March. I'm sorry, during the state basketball championship and it's from garrison brooks the uh son of george who i covered in in auburn um you know four star in his own right really good player um just actually picked up an offer from north carolina as a matter of fact and i get a message from him and he's just like well how are you liking mississippi basketball (laughs) at the time you know i'm I'm at this like two-way game and there's like a ton of turnovers and i'm like yeah man it's not the greatest because, again, you know, I'm coming from New York City where the, the level of talent in high school basketball is really, really high. So, yeah, I'm looking at it that day, and I'm like, yeah, it's not the greatest, man. He goes, well, what about Nick Weatherspoon? <laughs> and I'm like, I haven't watched him play yet, but I've heard about it. So, you know, that was a name that was very familiar in the Brooks uh, yeah. family. There was a lot of respect there, you know. So, definitely, I, I think George had a really – um, big hand in, in making sure that this worked out the way it has. Nobody works harder than George in Mississippi. Nobody works harder than George at working a kid, making sure, like, I mean, that's the, like, obviously Malik and Mississippi State did not work out as well as everybody had hoped. But, like, the reason that made that whole thing possible for him to even sign, I still to this day will say the fact that even after Rick Ray had pulled out of Malik and said, we're done, we're out, George kept on working. George went against the boss's orders because he just knew, just keep on working at it, keep on working at it. Ben Howland shows up. Malik and his dad are suddenly very interested in Mississippi State, and they had a relationship with the lead assistant. That's so critical, so important. George is, yeah, nobody works harder than that guy. And it, you know, and Nick Weatherspoon, I mean, that's another great piece for Mississippi State. It'll be interesting to see how, how much they add to that class, to this year's class. You know, I think they're going to add one or two more players just because right. I mean like you said they have a young team they don't really they don't have the the need that they had last year to fill some guys and some and some spots um, it'll be interesting to see who that other player or players are um, in addition to Nick uh, Keyshawn Fizel who committed to Iowa State right which is you know he was I he was in the mix for Mississippi State um, that could change of course but uh, as of now I'm not really sure who who would be those extra guys is garrison a possibility i don't think so yeah i really don't um it's kind of an interesting situation with his family that i don't i I just don't see him um leaving to go to his dad's team 
uh, I mean, his parents were split up. It's just it's just one of those situations where you know you don't want to yeah do one and not the other sort of thing. And I just I've always just saw him as doing his own thing. Yeah, and not choosing mom or dad in it. Yeah. I could be wrong, of course. Right, but, but he's never really. And I always thought if it was Mississippi State, he would already have committed by now. Right. You know, I don't think he's faking it, you know, or anything like that by taking the visits that he has. And none of them, of course, are official to Mississippi State yet. So until I see more to it, I, I, I just think it's you know, very unlikely. Right. Okay. So that has been our basketball recruiting segment for September. <laughs> we filled that quota. <laughs> we filled that quota. Join us again later on. <laughs> Um, let's talk about high school football here in the MS Press podcast because that's obviously the big thing. Um, it's usually the conversation. It's usually the conversation. Is there anybody in the Super 10 who did win last week? Because it <laughs> felt like everybody lost. Well, there's Clinton. Clinton. There's Clinton. There's Clinton. Clinton going to Clinton. continues to take care of business no matter who the opponent is. Last week with a 42-10 to 10 win over Germantown and, you know, one of the storylines to watch heading into Friday's games was beware of that sort of trap game. And Clinton had one in Germantown where, you know, they could have took the foot off the pedal a little bit. And then Brandon had one in Tupelo. And, like, I know they had to go on the road for that game, but that was still a game they should have won. Being the preseason number one team, I did not see if I, you know, if you asked me who was going to win – Every single time I'm taking Brandon in that game, just because yes. there was no reason not to. And now we learn that hey, you know, Tupelo is pretty good actually. They're, they're a really good defensive team, so we should give them a lot of credit. Um, yeah, I, I still think Brandon's one of the top ten teams in the state. Of course, they're still in the Super Ten, regardless of losing two straight. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just one of those games where you know I haven't had the chance to talk to Tyler Peterson since the Brandon head coach. But I would just imagine maybe they 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 went into that first half thinking that you know we just played Clinton, score away from beating them, winning that game. They've opened with a pretty pretty tough schedule. They had to play Madison Central as well, so maybe they went into it thinking of it a little bit lightly, or just maybe it was carryover. Yeah, you know, uh, just yeah. Got, you know, couple, you know, good games in a row, a couple of you know physically exhausting games, and it's hard to get a team up to the same level week after week after week, no matter how good of a coach you are. Like that's why we, you know you have things like Nick Saban after a twenty-eight point win, screaming that it was the, one of the worst wins Alabama's ever had. He's he's just trying to feel something. He's yeah. just trying to you know get something out of them. It, you know, so maybe, yeah, maybe the Tupelo game was just a result of that. Is that you play MC and that's a big Metro game, and you play Clinton's number one versus number two, and then it's a long road trip up to Tupelo after those two weeks, and it, it takes you too long to figure out that it's going to take a little bit more out of you than you thought in order to win this game. And good on Tupelo, they figured out a way to win that. Very true. And now Tupelo's in our Super Ten. That's right. They're in the top five. Brandon wasn't the only team to. Fall, no, the super town no. fall from it. <laughs> you know, after that, I was at uh, Columbus for the West Point Columbus game, which I thought was a pretty good game. You know, I'm I'm into like you know 50 point games, you know 40 50 to 45. That's sort of my style. You know, I like seeing the ball thrown a lot, so uh, it wasn't really my style of game. You know, it was a 17 13 defensive <laughs> defensive battle that you know kind of bored me a little bit, but. 
uh, I thought it was a pretty good game, and then well, and I, I was a little bit surprised at the result. I mean, you could have seen either of those teams right. winning that game, of course, because those are two really good teams. But I was a little bit surprised just because Columbus was home. They're, they're a 6A school. Uh, they really had a lot of reason to want to win that game, and uh, Kylan Hill was coming back from missing the last week's game, and he looked really good. So I just thought Columbus was going to win that game, and I felt pretty confident about that. So then after West Point wins that game, I'm a little bit surprised about that. Lo and behold, I go on Twitter. That's far from the oh, biggest no, upset. Yeah, not right. even close. Not even close. Yeah, not even close. I mean, we saw a pedal lose to Laurel in a, in a close game. That also really wasn't that big of a big of an upset. Although I was surprised by that. Lafette beating Oxford. Lafette by a large margin. Yeah. Uh, I think it was what twenty-four to three. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look at the MS preps pick them, and not too many people did. <laughs> I think I went like three and seven or something like that in a very strong, disgraceful. Strong. <laughs> hey, that's disgraceful just overcovered investment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just if you just go down the list, then Velma Jackson surprised by beating Pisgah. I right. thought they're four and zero, and they didn't have a good season last year, and they're typically not a strong program. I think their new head coach is doing a really good job with them this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, just. A week, a week and a night of upsets, especially. Right. I mean, State Stanislaw goes down to Louisiana. Miles Brennan, can he get the state passing record? Look pretty realistic for him to get it Friday, and it's going to take him another week. Well, yeah. It was, it was close to 400 yards. I think it was like 370, hey, but it listen, was realistic, listen, though. It was. Miles like, Brennan. Like. Yeah. Like, I, I was kind of like, you know, the – the Sun Herald put out the story first, and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I was going to, but it's 370, you know? And I know it's, it, it's Miles Brennan, but I just thought that that was a pretty tough team to just say, hey, he has a good shot at doing it this week. Because for people who don't know, that's one of the better teams in Louisiana, if not the, the entire South region as far as high school football goes. That is a really talented team that St. Stanislaus lost to. Anybody else you're kind of laughing at the fact that he's 370 away or whatever it was. But, no, nah, he did have a decent shot the, at it. Right. The problem with that is that he could have thrown for 370. Like Any other team, he probably would have. Right. And so you run into that problem of, um, like, okay, it's probably to err on the side of caution and run it. Yeah. Hey, he's going to break the state passing record, and he not do it. Rather than go, oh, there's no way he's going to get it this week. And then he throws for 400 yards. Yes, and yeah, for like, sure. Oh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. He's going to have a take two this week, though. He should have, he should get that, uh, you know, against Diabreville this Friday night. Which I think will be a – I think that game will be closer than a lot of people think. It was very close last year. I think it was like a one-point game with uh, Stanislaw winning, I believe. And I, I do think that that's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Even though San Stanislaus has very much improved last year in, in their wide receiving group and defensively, and they still, of course, have Brennan, I do think that that's going to be a lot closer than what many people consider it will be. Right. I mean, this this started about how many upsets there were. We didn't even talk about you know, Meridian beating Knoxville County. Knoxville County was number five. Um, Grenada went up to MUS in Memphis and lost. Um Charleston was number one in our small schools top ten. They, they beat all of, and they fell to San Antonio in overtime. They fell. I mean, there were a lot, a lot of upsets around the area, around the state. I mean, so which kind of leads us in now to week five, which it will be interesting to see if this week matches up with last week in terms of 
weirdly compelling games because a lot of teams in the Super 10 are taking the week off. There aren't a lot of great matchups going around. So what's going to happen on Friday night that we're going to be talking about that we didn't see coming? This is a big week for Northwest Rankin. Northwest is a lot like a couple of the other 6A schools, such as, well, like Madison Central, I should say, that, you know, I think about every single week, you know, is it is this the week to put them in the Super 10? And I say no with Northwest Rankin just because I haven't been overly impressed with any of their wins yet because it ha- they haven't been against what you call an elite team or one of the top teams. They have, they, it, and that's just because they haven't come across that in their schedule yet. Yeah, Germantown, 34-7 win to start the year, uh, 41-13 against Brookhaven, 24-7 against Pearl, and 37-14 against Ridgeland. All very convincing, solid wins. Yeah. But exactly right. There's not a team in there that, you, that makes you go like, oh, wow. I thought they would win all four of those games. Is what I'm yes. trying to say. Right. I, I think they're a good team. To start yeah. the year four zero, and they're four zero. Yeah, I think Northwest Rankin is a good team. They returned a lot of really good players. Uh, more, they they returned probably a lot more starters than most other teams do did. So I I thought they would be four zero at this point in the season. Haven't played a team that was really going to challenge them until this week when they visit Brandon. They get to listen to a little Johnny Cash. Before the game starts, get my blood pumping a little bit, which is very hard to do. You know, I'm a pretty reserved guy. Right. But Brandon manages to do that with some Johnny Cash before the game. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how Northwest Rankin reacts yeah, to that this atmosphere. Is, right, this is the proving period of their schedule because it's not just the Brandon game. Uh, the next week they're at Warren Central, who is currently I believe uh, number, four, four, yeah. number four in our Super 10. So they go... And then uh, the week after that, Starkville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Gets very hard very fast. Uh, at Callaway the week yeah. after that, which is another good team in the metro yeah. area. It's kind of knocking on the doorstep. What can they do? And then a week after that at Clinton. Yeah, no, it, it gets so really like, hard really right, fast. Right, There are five games in here where, like, Northwest Rankin could really make a move. And if you look at their season last year, it was the same deal, where they started off right. pretty strong, and then they had to experience the schedule, and it didn't work out for them. A lot of these guys, like I said, are returning. They're a year older. They, they understand what happened last year. In a lot of ways, they're better than, than some of the teams that they're playing in some areas. So I, I would think that they pull off a couple of those wins. You know, Obviously, I don't think they're going to run the table here, but I do think that they will win a couple of these games. And... What we're saying about Northwest Rankin being a sort of game to prove themselves, it's kind of the same deal with Brandon after after losing two straight games. One, of course, we didn't see coming. One, I think the majority of people thought Clinton probably would win that game because it's kind of hard to stop Cam Akers, especially when you're not at full strength defensively. Let's talk about South Panola. The most interesting one in three team in the state. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, What do we make of South Panola at this point? They lost to Madison Central last week. Um, I went with Madison Central in our MS Preps pick them, and I wasn't alone. And, I, you know, like Madison Central beat South Panola last year when South Panola was number one, so it's not like it's unprecedented. But at the same time, like, it's South Panola, and we're seeing them. They're one win of the years against Greenville, and what that most people easy. expect, it right, did not come easy at all. It was 22-7, and that yeah. was not really reflective of how the game went. What's going on up there? <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, I think before the season started, 
Lance Pogue was surprised that media outlets, including us, the Clarion Ledger, had South Panola ranked as high as we did. I believe they were the number three team in number three or number four in preseason, probably number four behind Starkville. Uh, well, Brandon one, Clinton two, Starkville three, if I remember correctly. So I believe we had them four. And other places have them even higher than that. Right. And I don't think that if you gave Lance Pogue a list and said rank the ten teams, I'm not sure if he put South Panola on there to start the year. I think he puts them, if he does, he puts them closer to 10 than he does number one. You know, I just thought those were his expectations where I don't think he expected this team to go one and three through four weeks of the season. I think more like three and one, uh, two and two at the worst. Right. But here we are one and three, and we're kind of saying the same things we were saying after week one where, you know, maybe they need a couple more weeks to, Develop, especially at the offense skill position spots. But it's already been four weeks, you know, and it's like I'm not really yeah. sure what they need to figure out. That And it's not going to get any easier, too, for them. I mean, their schedule is pretty tough as well. Right. It's just a, it's a fascinating is too strong a word, but it's really interesting because that is a program that its reputation precedes them. Like the reason why they were in our top five in the Super Ten and everybody else's is that it's South Panola, and you just trust that it's South Panola, and they always have talent, and they're always well coached, and it's Lance, and he's going to figure out a way to make that team win. And we've seen that year after year after year, where I mean, it's been several years since South Panola has been turning out Division One talent. Tony Connor and Dion Nix was kind of the last wave of that a little bit, um, but even in the absence of that upper echelon guys they've managed to put together really good football teams of really strong good high school football players and so far the results have just not been there yeah i mean if we're talking about any other program that returned only two or three starters then we're not right. ranking them you know right. like, you like just, wayne county you, for example returned i think one starter. they weren't ranked people realized they weren't going to be as strong and despite them winning a state championship last year they're just not, like you said. South Panola was different, though. Yeah, right. South Panola, we've seen this. We have we thought we had seen this episode so many times that we knew how it ended. And, I mean, you know, there's still a lot of time in the year left. But, yeah, right now it does not look good. No, no. On the flip side of that, though, a team that I think is a really good story uh, a complete for a completely opposite reason is Meridian. They're a team that loses Larry Weems as their head coach. Loses right. a slew of starters, offense and defense, new quarterback. I think it was four SEC prospects. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, everybody just leaves them as a program that's headed for the cellar. Right, know? right, right. Us included. Six a, right, 6A, you lost all that, you lost all that talent. Raekwon Davis, Daniel Crowell, Quincy Lenton, Zaire Jones. Like, you're going you're to take a step back. And yeah, they're, here they are. They're 3 and 1. Yeah, and they're, they were, what, an overtime loss. In the season opener against Madison Central from being undefeated. Right. You know, overtime and a field goal in a game that they pretty much dominated throughout, except for one drive that gave Madison Central that touchdown, and then the ensuing overtime period where they were stopped and a field goal was kicked on them. And now they get Starkville. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, <laughs> is going to be <laughs> that game where, you know, I mean, I, I still think that Marines proved itself, though. Even though, I mean, they could lose this game and 
they could lose something like 28-14, and I still pretty much feel the same way I did, right. that they're a team capable of making it as far as like a semifinal. I, I think they're, th- they're that good. I don't think they're a championship team yet, but you know I have a lot of respect for what their new coach has done and uh, what their offensive has, has accomplished despite being inexperienced. I think that they're one of the better stories around as far as success stories go that we didn't really see coming, especially in 6A. Uh, MIS ranks to prep an RMA week. Yeah. Uh, every time prep and MRA play, it's the same storyline. It's just the time that MRA takes down prep. Is there any reason to believe that this is the time? I don't want to say absolutely not, but it's but, just it, last year was a better opportunity for MRA. Right. Um, they had a really good team last year. This year it's a little bit different. I mean, they, you know, they, they – went through so much adversity before the season even started you know with uh the accident involving the car wreck of course and also the quarterback davis suffering yet another injury right uh and, and he's now out for most likely the whole season so this was a team that really didn't need to go through any of that and no team should but uh, especially a team like this that you know needed to kind of have some good vibes around it heading into the season uh, to feel good about their chances of beating prep this year. You know, last year was a really good opportunity. This year it's a little bit less of an opportunity when you, when you look at it. But then again, prep is down in its own right. I mean, this isn't the best Jackson prep team that's that's been around in a few years. You know, I, I think that they're a really good team. Um, but... They may be a little bit more susceptible on defense than they have in the past, which has been different, of course. And they had better skill players this year, which last year was the question about Jackson Prep is, you know, who's going to step up at these positions? This year is totally different, where their offensive line has had to come together because uh, they're a little bit inexperienced there. And then their defense has had to come together. So this is kind of a good test for Jackson Prep as well. Um, and planning a team like Meridian that will, I mean, I'm sorry, a team like MRA that will probably win the battle, win the battle at the line of scrimmage just because their line is probably better on both sides of the ball. So that would be kind of, I, I, I think it would be interesting. I, I do expect Jackson Prep to win the game. Right. Many people do. Um, but it may be a little bit closer than what my, my outlook is just because I'm remembering um, how big of an advantage MRA seems to have at the line of scrimmage. Uh, they, they do have a really talented offensive line led by, of course, Sadiq Charles, the LSU commit, and Danny Dozen player. All right, real quickly before we get out of here, is there anything recruiting-wise that we need to talk about? Well, we have the Ole Miss-Alabama game this week, and that, that will game. draw yes. quite a bit of prospects, I believe. The highly recruited uh, offensive lineman, Trey Smith, who um, I think Ole Miss was the first to offer that kid, uh, one of the best offensive linemen there is. He'll, he should be at the game. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because I don't – when you look at it and you look at the college schedule, if I'm a recruit, which game do I want to go to? You know, I want to go to Ole Miss, Alabama, the team that's beat Alabama two years in a row. Regardless if I'm, quote, serious about you know going to either of these schools i mean you're taking the visit there is there's a difference between i'm taking this visit because i'm interested in this school and i'm taking this visit because i want a free ticket yeah. to this football game. <laughs> oh, damn that sounds like a good time to me <laughs> you know i'll go to that but i mean it looks great for old miss though um you know they 
had two EMCC kids decommit from the program, so there seems to be some some interesting things going on there. I mean, they may right those two spots could be freed up for two other players that they're you know in on and heavily recruiting. I just don't know how that's going to shake shake up or shake out, I should right. say. Um, but there will be a lot of prospects in town, of course, in Oxford right. for that game. I'm not sure. I mean, if Ole Miss wins that game, that's that's a pretty good conversation to have with some recruits. Is Does that kind of put you over toward them a little bit more? Right, yeah. I mean, they're gonna, I mean, they would climb, of course, in the AP ranking. Right. For the third year in a row, it would be the, like, whoa, Ole Miss, look at that, beat Alabama. Like, I mean, no one has done that since Nick Saban's been in Alabama. No, of course, no. <laughs> like, I don't see it happening, but I mean, if it were to happen, that that would right. be hu- it would be as huge as it could possibly get for recruits in Ole Miss, right? With the elephant still remaining in the room, though, of yeah. the NCAA, well, that's, right? That's yeah. the thing is that like I, I think people build up too much what a win a loss mm-hmm. means for recruits. Like it yeah. all kind of evens out by the time we get to february and it becomes about the things that it always matters usually it does but i I do think it you know i wrote the story after south alabama pulled off the upset over mississippi state i thought that warranted talking to a few commits just because of the level of upset that was my gripe is the every week talking about recruits about what this win over unranked so-and-so means it doesn't mean really it shouldn't mean too much to anybody because that's what you expect these programs to do i mean they're not doing anything that should surprise you as a recruit if they're beating these teams by 50 points right probably the biggest thing that would come out of the visit is if you do have a kid who is just totally just like i just want a free ticket to a really cool football game Ole Miss is like number six. Yeah. And he has a great game day experience. Goes through the Grove, loves it. Yeah, I mean, that's the only the stadium, yeah. loves it. Great atmosphere, great game. And and he leaves the weekend and you're number four. Like, that's, that's what, that's the positive. That's the best case scenario. Yeah, I mean, you always want to, like in anything, whether, whether you're dating or on a job interview or whatever it is, you want to leave that lasting impression with somebody. Yes. And, it, and it, you want it to be positive, of course. So that's what those things right. are about. Right. Um, so, Spoiler, it'll be a better game day experience on Saturday than it was last Saturday against Wofford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, this is a good game to go to, in other words. So it's like I, I'm always hesitant to put so much stock into a recruit attending a certain game like that. Right. Especially a guy who we know is going to take all of his visits. He's going yes. to, you know, talk, you know, extend this toward January and February. So I, I just don't see he's the, gonna have a lot of good yeah. game day experiences. Yes, I, I don't see you know the Ole Miss game in September sort of teetering toward his, the reason why he makes a commitment right. or not. Because even in like in a loss, you know what happens after a loss is the assistant coach goes over to the kid and goes, "Man." If we had had you out there today, absolutely, yeah. How many how many times this year is Cam Akers going to hear that on a Saturday afternoon? Man, if we had had you out there today, but a whole different story. I mean, I'm sure the kid hears that ten Hugh, times a day. Hugh Freeze would suit up Cam Akers right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, before before the injuries, <laughs> right, right. Jeez, if if he could have, sure. Is there any way to graduate in mid September? <laughs> And to be fair, you know, I think I think most programs would would do the right. same thing. Not yeah. you know, not to take anything from Ole Miss or whatever, right. but most programs would chomp at the bid for for Cam Akers to join their team this Saturday if they right. could. Uh, he is that good, and unfortunately, uh, you know, it's kind of 
uh, Dull kind of appeared in Clinton's schedule with a, you know, a couple of uh, trying to say a nice, nice way to put it, but teams that aren't as not on their level. Yeah, and the open week this week, so we don't get the opportunity to see Clinton play as much. Right. Until a couple more weeks when they play in that what is a really tough region. Absolutely. Okay, let's call it a day here on uh, the MS Preps podcast. You can read all of Will's stuff on clarionledger.com, uh, all our high school football coverage on Friday night, recruiting, everything else that's going on. We appreciate all of you listening. Subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud.